and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of uh, Flying Changes Q&As. Here we've got Dawn Britton. Hi Dawn. Hi. Dawn is an amazing lady. She has got a plethora, great word that, of experience. Um, and we're going to have a chat about loads of different things this morning, about things like diversification, about COVID, how things changed. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about sports psychology and how that's changed over the years. And of course, we will also have to sneak in a little bit about Dawn's son, David, who um, has been around Badminton. So we'll sneak a bit of that in as well. And the fun that Dawn has had over the years coaching him and getting into that. <laughs> Welcome, Dawn. Um, Hi. Um, do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself to begin with? Yeah, sure. Um, I was thinking about my earliest memory, actually, of um, of horses, and I was thinking it was marbles. Um, when my when my parents um, first started talking about horses, I started riding at the age of eight. But before that, I was marshalling marbles around. Um, little boxes if you like and pretending that they were horses in fields anyway um so yeah I started at the age of eight um on riding school ponies um my mother was stupid enough to buy me my own pony at the age of nine I then carried on and did some well I was breaking Welsh ponies I think actually for Monica um showing show jumping um I was work rider for quite a big dealer um Maureen um can't remember where she was from um and she used to throw me the horses that used to stop and things and then i would she would sell those on so quite a lot of show jumping and went up to fox hunter doing that um i used to be work rider claim to fame for um andrew nicholson when he first came over uh, and did an awful lot for him and for charlotte Steele and things i got my ai when i was 17 my ii when i was um, 19, and my biggest regret is not having carried on and done the I. Um, yeah, that's about the only regret I've got in my life, which ain't bad, is it? Um, I then went freelance, um, took my own horse up to PSG, um, had kids. Life slowed down with the horses in that regard because obviously the kids took over to a lot of degree. Um, both the kids went up through Pony Club, both went on to do BE, um, and then David went up to um, badminton last year he did his first badminton which was amazing um with most of most of the coaching being done by me because we couldn't afford much else um and um, i'm still coaching and i'm still really enjoying it and looking to diversify really because of what's happened with covid etc so awesome. yeah so thank you for that that was a brilliant little introduction whirlwind i mean you know we could do an entire few hours just talking about your time with horses and all the different things you've done and all of that but we're not going yeah. to today that might be another q a another day oh and i've read um, lots of horses as well over the years obviously i mean <laughs> is there anything you haven't done dawn um i haven't hunted really dragged, but i haven't hunted because yeah no no i've never i've never never actually felt the need to go chase a real fox oh, um, oh okay but you've drag hunted yeah 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 okay well it's nearly then nearly yeah, <laughs> i haven't ridden under rules either ah oh god all those things i haven't done that gosh look at that oh my word yeah, oh wow there no, we go we bucket list time <laughs> <laughs> cool okay so you mentioned diversification so tell us then a little bit about that because i know that you are one of the coaches 
who there was one of two mindsets that came through with COVID. There was the, well, I can't do anything. Life is awful. This is horrendous. I'm just going to curl in a ball and watch TV for however long and hope this passes. And then there was the other set of people that went, oh, this isn't good. What can I do? What can yeah. I do? What yeah. is possible? What, we, the victim mentality wasn't there. You know, what can I do? And actually the view of, well, do you know what? Most coaches I've spoken to that diversified during COVID very much then had the mindset of, well, actually, this is great because if it is howling with rain or we've got storms or snow or, you know, it's too hot to even go outside the door because there's no air conditioning and, you know, all these things. Actually, I've still got something I can be yeah. doing potentially in the future. And, you yeah. know, when when I'm old and I don't want to be standing out doing that stuff, but I still want to be making a living. Wait, so wait, careful of the old tell us about your diversity. No, no, I didn't mean you. I meant as a general thing, obviously, Dawn. <laughs> older, older. We're so, always older. Yes. Do you know that thing you Age. mentioned that I shouldn't, you shouldn't talk about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I refuse to get older. I refuse to grow up. Okay. Yeah, no, um, I don't blame you. I absolutely, age is yeah. just a number. That's all it is. So yeah, diversification exactly. then, what did you, yeah, what did so, you do? Um, I, I did do the um, getting onto the sofa. Oh, I hate it when you disappear. Where have you gone? Um, I did go go and sit on the sofa and panic for a bit. Um, and I have to admit to having panic bought a bit as well. Um, I was one of those dreadful people who panic bought some food for my horses mostly. Um, but then I thought, well, okay, I'm very lucky here because we've got the horses down the end of the garden incredibly lucky so we were able to keep training our own horses um we did take the horses off the roads because um around here we we did wonder if there'd be a backlash for for people actually not being able to walk their walk their dogs and whatever more than once a day and whether people would get cross with us but actually the community spirit around here was absolutely lovely so it wasn't a problem so we kept riding um we kept doing stuff um but you lose your mojo just a little bit, don't you? I mean, I know a lot of people improved their, their dressage marks enormously. We did a fair bit, but we also just took the horses off the roads um, and did less with them. With regard to earning money, no. I mean, I'm a director in my own firm. Um, I don't earn enough profits to get anything um, self-employed. Um, so the money just disappeared. Uh, we, I also sell uh, land. Uh, I also sell um, Land Rover parts through our own business. We had to close that, um, and I sell um, Wow saddles. I couldn't go out and saddle fit. And I, indeed, I've only just got back to that. So, what could I do? Well, yeah, I could teach my own. I taught Roxanne um, online. Um, she's up in Norfolk, so I carried on working with her. David, I taught um, a couple of people that we've got here living with us. I taught, um, and then I thought, well, okay, what else can I do? And I looked at OnForm, which is an app. Um, <laughs> me talking about apps, I'm a dinosaur in, in tech regard, um, but I decided to have a crack at the OnForm. And along with Amy Blount, who's another coach, we had a bit of a chat about it, and we've we've set sail with it, and we're really enjoying it. It's fabulous. So the on format, basically people send you in um, a video, you pop it into the app 
and you play around with it and you can put lines and diagrams on it. You can slow it down, you can speed it up, you can talk over it and um, then bounce it back to them and it can become quite a good conversation. So even though people um, can't have you there with them, they can bounce you the bounce you the video and there can be this conversation between you, um, which is which is fabulous. I've got about half a dozen people on it. I need lots more. It can be worldwide. Um, and the turnaround on it is fabulous. Sometimes if you haven't got very good um, Internet um, connection, it can be a bit of pain, but it finally gets there. Um, and it can be for anything, for dressage, for show jumping, for cross country. Um, yeah, and it's it's a brilliant idea. Wow, that sounds amazing. Back. So I am back. I am back. I just I just let you talk when you're talking, and then I pop uh -huh. back for you. <laughs> <laughs> it also means that if I'm doing something, I'm muted, um, and I don't end up saying or doing something in the background. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I just feel a bit lonely. <laughs> oh no, I'm still here. I promise. I only go in in the video. Okay. I don't actually disappear for it. So, uh, so this is a fantastic tool for coaches then because yeah. it gets your eye in and actually gives some really great visual feedback to the rider yeah. as well that they can then utilize. And, and what successes have you had with it? I'm going now, by the way, just seen it. What successes <laughs> have you had with it? Um, well, basically, the my clients are saying to me more, more, more. Um, I'm, I'm getting you have to keep it down to a maximum of 10 minutes. Um, sending it back to them so ideally probably only about five minute videos but that fits in really well with most dressage tests doesn't it so there's never a weekend that goes by when i don't get three or four dressage tests in to analyze and send back again that can be a bit scary um particularly if it's been uh, judged by a high level dressage judge because then they'll go back and compare your comments to their dressage sheets but hey ho that's what i'm there for um, basically, what it does is it shows the rider, look, you are doing what I said you were doing when I taught you last week. Your seat is sliding to the outside or you are gripping up with your heel. Look, it's there and we can draw diagrams on it and we can show you exactly where your leg should be in relation to where it isn't. Um, and it, it, but it's also phenomenal because they can see the improvement as well. So do one shoulder in, have it, you know, have it analysed, Do look at the next one. Oh, crikey, yeah, when I put my leg there or when I have my weight aid there, that was a phenomenal improvement. And then over time, because I started doing it in about April um, properly, over time now I've got videos from April and I can compare them to today's. And I've got some very excited clients who are saying this is just just brilliant because I can see how far I've come in such a short period of time. So it's it's really affirming. Yeah, and it's great to have that um, different types of learning covered as well, isn't it? That different types of feedback. Visual learning. Yeah. Really yeah. helpful, isn't it, for a lot of people? Yeah. And although it's not visual when you're doing it, it's that visual feedback afterwards, because a lot of the time we say, but I am straight. And then you see it with <laughs> the line drawn on it and you go, mm, yeah. okay, no, I'm really not. I have to listen now. So it must be quite nice for you from an instructor perspective to be able to say, look, I'm sorry, but the, the physics don't lie. <laughs> you know, here is evidence that I am saying this to you for a reason. Yeah, the camera doesn't lie, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yes. cool. So, yes, so that's I'm not one just thing being that you... a horrible person. Yes. <laughs> Just, yes, I can see this, I promise. 
Um, and so, so, so on yeah. forms really helped you and you're now able to do sort of remote coaching and, and things like that. And actually yeah. not just remote from, I know people have, like you said, done FaceTime and things, but the signal can be a bit dodgy. It can be a bit difficult. Someone's got to yeah. kind of balance the camera somewhere and, and hope it doesn't move while you're doing things, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but so the on forms really changed things for you. Um, and um what else is it then that you kind of you found really helped during lockdown so about diversification or about doing something different um to help yourself and, and others as well so i'm heavily involved with pony club um and one particular pony club and i did i did quite a lot of um video work with them and so did david my son um so doing stable management and things um talking about bandaging and you know all sorts of stable management stuff that now has died off because it's being done in person because i'm shielding a couple of people here um i'm only doing um teaching on a one-to-one -one basis so i'm not back doing pony club proper um but obviously the the um emphasis has gone off of zoom and people have gone back to to being together which is which is great maybe it'll come back to zoom again if we have another lockdown i don't know maybe i should be doing some more there but certainly i want to look at diversifying and, and going back into doing some more of that um i've got ideas about doing some stuff for a lot of the i's and the f's are doing an awful lot of work um for um, standard setting for exams and things but there doesn't seem to me to be much for pony club people um, at B standard and AH that is widely available yes I know pony clubs are doing it within pony clubs but there's an awful lot of, of the, the sort of AH and, and B standard people who are floating around wondering where to get their where to get the help from so I want to put that together and, and start doing something with that um, yeah uh what else do i want to do oh, all sorts of things um cpds um cpds we've we've had a fantastic year for getting loads of cpds for ourselves and maybe i can do some of those with regard to pony club as well super so tell us a little bit about the kind of cpd that you were able to access then um during <laughs> covid you know what what did you go and learn about because you could yeah, yeah. Um, well, the sorts of things that I went to learn about would be the sorts of things that I wouldn't usually manage to get away for. So usually you'd have to sort somebody to do the horses, get in the car, go away, stay away, then, you know, listen to it for the day and then come back again. That's all been online. It's just fantastic. So loads of stuff um, with regard to the saddlery, um, loads of equine biomechanics, loads of bi rider biomechanics, centaur um, biomechanics have done a phenomenal amount. Um, I've been listening to the Sarah Simpson things. Um, I've been listening to all, all sorts of really exciting things. I've joined some coffee lounges and stuff. I've obviously come in here and, and, and listened to all of that. Um, but the CPDs from the BMW, BHS have been there as well so they're really cool and things like um, first aid and safeguarding that's all gone online I blooming well hope it stays there after Covid because actually taking a virtual day, a, a proper day out rather than a, a virtual few hours out um, makes a lot more sense to the horse world doesn't it yeah, absolutely. And that's the great thing about the online, isn't it? Is, is it accessible yeah. from anywhere? And, and indeed around the world as well. You know, you don't have to be UK based now to be accessing this fabulous stuff. So people out in the other countries that don't have access to it normally can actually 
learn some of this and, and improve their learning in other countries that don't have so much of it available as well, which is great. Yeah, um, one of the CPDs that I did with Central Biomechanics on the saddlery stuff the other day um, and on function of the back um, as, as having it between um, the front and the back and the joints that it makes and stuff. I'm not explaining that very well. It's very good. Um, Mr. Housler. Uh, that they, he had uh, 300 delegates from 40 different countries. That's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's fantastic, isn't it, to actually be able to share that across countries as well, because there are definitely differences even just between Europe and us, aren't there, and the way things mm. are done and, and the ethos behind things. And, the, and, the, <coughs> and in fact, in some ways, Europe are definitely way ahead of us in regards to what they do. And in other ways, we are way ahead of them in certain areas as well. How do you think they're ahead of us in, in what, in I what think regard? Oh, Q&A flip now. Now, I think um, facilities and things sometimes out in <laughs> um, in Europe are better. Oh, God, facilities. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far, you know, as far as the, the, the types of different therapies available and the, the way that they do things with their horses and things are definitely further ahead, you know, like oxygen chambers and, you know, they've had vibroplates for years and all that kind of thing. And it's just yeah. fairly new in the UK now, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But not necessarily... Yeah husbandry at all i think sometimes we're way ahead of them in, in that respect so yeah. yes sometimes i i think um i was that's the other thing um facebook good bad ugly um but sometimes when you're sitting down and you're looking at uh, a visual of michael young's yard and he's walking you around it and he's showing you this facility and he's showing you his arena and he's showing you his cross-country fences jumping in and out of the arena and um, he's showing you his state of the art boxes and so on and so forth and, and talking about his rationale. I wouldn't have had time without COVID to sit down and watch all of these things and begin to develop my own little brain farts going in different directions and work out, OK, well, that actually looks like a really good idea because I didn't know it existed. I'm a real magpie. I like grabbing ideas from other people um, and then putting them into our own. Um, and also, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about new ways to do things. Um, I was one of the first people to ride on wow saddles and things about sort of nearly 20 years ago. I now I now sell them. Um, but I things like um, uh, those special bridles, ergonomic bridles. Um, so I was one of the first people to buy a Miklum. Um, and I, I just I just get terribly excited about the science of it all. And, and that's been brilliant as well online, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that does bring us on nicely to one of the things that we were going to talk about, which is sports psychology and how we've gone from Mickey to sports psychology. But because um, talk about things that didn't used to be around and things that you love, which are new. And I am certainly not saying sports psychology is new, but certainly within the last 10 years in the equine industry, it has suddenly yeah. become accepted. So, I mean, I've been doing it what full time now for eight years and it's now just kind of normal. You know, someone say, oh, yeah, I've got a mindset coach or a sports yeah. psychologist or whatever. Um, yeah. That's like, oh, OK, cool. You know, and it's almost like now people are saying, why haven't you got this help to someone as opposed to in your day when you just stiff up a lip, fall off, get back on and carry on. So, you know, I know that you, you you're you fascinated by it as well and, and how it's really helped you and helped clients and, and people. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more I'm, about your thoughts. On that. I'm incredibly jealous, actually, now um, of of what people can access and access really easily um, through people like yourself who who can help you. I've referred a couple of clients, I think, to you, Jenny, haven't I? I've done incredibly well with you, um, who um, 
previously, yeah, I'd struggled to help them, but I went through the Centre 10 programme and you, you helped me on that as well. And I know you have your own programmes for helping riders, etc. Um, but as a coach, an awful lot of what we do is headology. I call it headology. Uh, um, and I'm sure you'd agree that 80% of what we do is, is in the mind and 20% of it when you're actually riding a horse is, is doing it. So if you've got your brain in the right zone, then you can actually crack on and do it. So I was saying to Jenny earlier that unfortunately um, I was at a pony club do once and um when i was probably about 13 14 um one of the people there one of my friends died um and that was just horrendous but i blanked it out and didn't have any support other than my parents and things now can you imagine the support that would be available through the psychology side of it i also firmly believe that if i'd had anything like what people can access now through yourself and and other other avenues and through people like me because i've now learned about it i'd have been so much better rider and i get slightly frustrated well no i get very frustrated looking back at all the mistakes that i made um threw away championships must have thrown away a lot of classes certainly didn't ride as well as i could have done if i'd had my head in the game properly with all the uh, amazing stuff that you can learn now so riders now i'm not saying you're spoiled it's still hard work it's still very difficult to do um riding horses is still dangerous and da -de da but what you can learn now to help in your head before you even get on the horse is just phenomenal yeah absolutely i think i i agree with you and you know that people always say oh well i didn't have that in my day and i was fine and we never know what's going to come in the future that you know i'll be saying oh i wish that was around i underperformed when, you know, yeah yeah and what do you think then is the bit that really you love about it and being able to help others with having that more knowledge now of the head the head i love headology I think that's brilliant of, of <laughs> headology <laughs> i might use that <laughs> Help yourself. It's not what you've been. Oh, that's good. I'm having that trademark done. <laughs> what um, what would you say has been your favourite part about it? What's the bit that interests you the most? Do you think? Light bulb moments. I mean, everybody talks about them, but I can now produce <laughs> sound yeah, clever me. But I can now help people to understand things much more quickly because I've got a hotline into their heads, and I can understand the different ways people learn. I've studied um, um, what is it, bodyology. Um, you're going to laugh at that one, Jim. Right, biomechanics is that that one? Yeah, no, biomechanics. That one. <laughs> no, you don't. Right. Okay. No, I'm not having bodyology. <laughs> I, I'm not bodyology, um, how people hold themselves and, and what their faces say. I've studied all of that. Body language. That's the one. Thank you so much. <laughs> bodyology. <laughs> all right, we'll go with bodyology then. That's fine. Yeah, um, I've now forgotten what I was saying, but it's it's so much easier to get people to get their light bulb moments. So whereas before I might have got one or two a week, and felt very pleased with myself i now slightly feel i'm underperforming if somebody doesn't get a light bulb moment when i'm there with them at the time um sort of each lesson almost i am really now excited about the fact that i can also make people or get people not make people you can't make them do anything but you can get people to understand that it's the journey that matters 
And I'm slightly concerned with regard to what's happening in the competitive world now is that because of the pressures of Facebook and things, everybody tries to get there faster and faster. And I'm all about actually, come on, enjoy the journey. Think about that fantastic transition that you've just had. Celebrate that. And then the horse feels that that's absolutely wonderful. The rider gets very excited about it. Um, and then it gets better through that. But yeah, Facebook and, and, and everybody having their own eventing pages is a big worry to me. Yeah, it's interesting that one, isn't it? So we're talking about, you know, celebrate the process and not just the product. But it's such a cliche, yeah. isn't it? Like people go, ugh, when we say, oh, you know, you've got to enjoy the journey. It's it's all that kind of, even the word journey is getting a little bit like, oh, God, not that word. OK, again. so how do you put it to your clients then? <laughs> I totally agree. I think it's about... Um, Oh my word, this is the first time someone's flicked a Q&A on me. <laughs> Dawn, Jenny, you you're a coach, me. aren't you? <laughs> okay, so uh, I will answer it though. I think it's about um, just knowing that you might have a goal um, that you're aiming towards and that's fine, but it's not the be all and end all because it's too black and white. Um, it's far too black and white and it actually sets you up for failure for so many different reasons, so many different reasons. So it has to be a goal where you you want to enjoy the journey. You want to do the process to get there. That's the enjoyable part. And then the goal becomes less apparent. And let's, you know, now is actually a perfect time to bring in David, so your son. So he went round Babington last year. So obviously that was a goal, like, yes. And he wouldn't have just accidentally got there. That's not something you can just go, oh, well, look at that, I'll just do Babington. Gosh, how did that happen? You know, that would have been a goal with a lot of work, a lot of determination, a lot of challenges behind it. And I yeah. think it's really fascinating, actually, you were his mum as a coach as well. I mean, I don't know how many people would still be alive having coached mother or son, you know, would still be alive having coached their child to, okay, he's not a child anymore, but, you know, round to, to badminton level. So, um, you know, what what was it that kept him going? Because if we're going to look at journeys, that is one heck of a, a story and a journey. We'll try and get him on, actually, at some point and ask him his point of view. So what does mummy say? And then we'll ask David at some point as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's been done before. Um, see all these grey hairs? There's a reason why I've got grey hairs. And it's probably through teaching my own child children. Roxanne um, evented to a high level as well. But then she went off and she became a falconer, which is different, isn't it? Um, and but David's carried on and he I told him not to do not to work for yourself. Don't work with children and don't work with animals. So what's he done? He's a freelance coach um, and he is a, also he's got his eye hiding. So he's qualified above me, um, which is yes. OK, I'll let him get away with that. Um, but he also is training on towards his eye and he, he reckons he's going to get his fellowship one day. Brilliant. Fantastic. I hope I'm here still to see it because I'm a strong believer in the BHS system. Um, but it, the journey with him has been very interesting in particular. Neither of my kids had expensive horses. We couldn't afford it. Um, we spend all our money on our horses. We don't tend to go away on holidays and think, no, do I just keep going? Probably. Um, but all the horses i mean brad who went to badminton he was bought for three thousand pounds um because he had a sarcoid from a from a friend of mine he he was a failed show 
jump. We're just losing you a little bit there, Dawn. I think your internet's possibly not the best it could be for a moment. Um, so I don't know if you're going to suddenly come back or not at all, but um, hopefully you will. Hopefully it will get a chance to catch up in just a second. Because, um, yeah, you've frozen on us. That's wonderful. Let me just make sure it's not me that's done something. No, for once, it's not my computer, having once had a power cut in the middle of a QA. and a um, Let's hope you do come back, Dawn. Um, um, let's see. And, oh, uh, there you for are. For a long time. Oh, you're in and out. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so it's done the dress up. Okay, Dawn. Hello, you are back. Hello. Beautiful. Oh, right. Sorry. Right. That's okay. This happens on technology, and I think no one noticed. I think we winged that perfectly all right. No, that was fine. Right. Okay. So we didn't, <laughs> I didn't, so I don't know if anyone else really heard um, that much actually of what you said about David. So you started to say about, I think you bought your his first, or the horse that he did Babington for £3,000 because it had a sarcoid. Interestingly, you said it had a sarcoid from a friend, but I think. It wasn't the friend that gave it the sarcoid. I think the horse came from the friend, if I'm if I'm right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Let's cool. not time me up in knots. I'm having a panic attack about not getting no signal. That's fine. <laughs> right. So you are now back. We can yes, hear and see okay. you perfectly well. So okay. um, carry on from, you know, David's horse cost £3,000. So a badminton horse, £3,000. You can carry on now. Yeah, uh, he's not got very good feet, but he's got the heart of a lion and, and his brain is incredible. Um, and he's also very forgiving. So David um, was a pony club rider when, when we got him. Um, David went to the pony club championships on him. And um, there's some pictures up behind me of um, sort of the journey, if you can see there. Um, but he very much was a pony club horse. He went to pony club camp. He was ridden by other people. Um, and then gradually what happened was David was went to Blenheim um, and did the pony club challenges there. And one year we were there and he said, well, I'm going to ride around this soon. OK, I'm walking around the fences going, crap, this looks very big. Um, yes, David. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Work towards it. Yep, yeah, you'll get here. He did. Um, I can't remember the, the, the linology of it, but yeah, he got there. And then we were walking around badminton one year and he said, I'm going to get here as well. well. He got there first of all, doing the grassroots, which was phenomenal. Um, I really recommend that, that competition. It's absolutely brilliant. He was actually fifth. He led after the dressage, but he had a show jump down. So he was fifth in the 100 at the grassroots. And as we were walking around the major competition there, he said, I'll get Brad here as well. And um, I said, OK, fine. Yeah, let's crack on. Let's let's give it a go. Um, and he did. He got there last year and it was the highlight of my professional career, obviously. Um, I'm hoping that he'll get that back there again next year. If it runs, that would be amazing because Brad's still fine and in, in good heart. He's done very little this year. Um, but yes, yeah, standing in the dressage, working in, working my son in at badminton. Um, well, first of all, Blenheim um, and then at badminton just doesn't get better than that. And so, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, well, he did pony club and then he did the, you know, badminton grassroots and he came fifth and whatever. And then he did Blenheim and then he did badminton. Like, it wasn't quite that easy, was it? 
you know, tell us no. some of the challenges along the way. What kind of mindset do you need as his coach to get him there? What what kind of things did you have to do from a psychology perspective and a coach, you know, and as a, a physical skills coach, obviously, yeah. um, to get from? And I believe there aren't that many riders that have done both grassroots and five-star badminton. I want to say he's the only one. He is the only one. He's right. the only one who's okay. done it on the same horse. Ah, right. Another yes. chap called Ben Way was actually commentating at badminton as he watched David go round. And he said, well, this bloke's taken my taken my crown, hasn't he? Oh, brilliant. Because previously Ben had been round the grassroots and round badminton, um, but on two different horses. So, yeah, David David was is the first and only so far who's who's done both. Awesome. Um, but yeah, and challenges teaching your own kids. Well, everybody always says don't do it, don't they? Um, but I had no choice. The kids had pony club and they had me and they had to get on with it because we couldn't afford the big bucks for the for the better trainers, if you like. He has had better trainers, but he's had to save up to get those better no different trainers um he's had to save up to get those lessons um and he's also been incredibly lucky with a number of coaches who've offered him help over the years because they've seen he's talented um and yeah i mean more recently he's had phenomenal help from um, john winnett um from ian uh, can't remember his surname he'll kill me if he ever sees this um from dickie waygood obviously dickie's um incredibly um brilliant coach um he's had help from david sherin and all sorts of people um but that's only been fairly recently until then it was me um there have been times when I've walked out of the arena and refused to go back in because he's been a pain. Um, there have been times when he's got incredibly frustrated with me. And then what we did, though, quite early on is to decide, OK, I'm not your mum when we go in the arena. I am your coach. And he actually now, David calls me Dickie um, because we pretend that I'm Dickie Waygood. And that he would never answer Dickie back. I mean, Dickie's a soldier. David, Dickie says, has got a soldier's mentality. And if you tell him to do it, he will do it. Um, so we've decided that I now am Dickie. And so he has to go and do it. Um, but yeah, training your own kids, very difficult. In pony club, when the kids were in pony club, I used to constantly get asked to teach the pony club rallies when they were there. Um, and I refused because I wanted to be there for my kids. I wanted to be on the sidelines watching what they were doing. Um, and nobody could really understand that because an awful lot of people were teaching Pony Club at the same time or even teaching their own kids in Pony Club. And I refused to do that as well. Um, I refuse to do a lot of things I don't want to do. And I'm quite decided about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly proud of them both. He works a lot without stirrups still. Um, he um, really works very, very hard. He's very dyslexic. Um, and consequently, um, obviously, I'm in a best position to understand that because I'm his, I'm his mum and I understand how his brain works. And not all coaches work for him because if you give him moti mo mo multi-layered questions or multi-layered anything, he can't cope with it. Hence the soldiery side of things. So it, it, coaching dyslexics and coaching people whose brains are wired very slightly differently, although they can be absolutely brilliant, 
it, it takes takes time and it takes understanding. And so time and understanding them, what's the sort of time frame that it's taken for him to get from Pony Club Champs at Blenheim to Badminton? How many years was it? Oh, um, so he will have done his first Blenheim um, thing at a, probably about the age of 12. And then last year he went to badminton, didn't he? So that he was 28. So, yeah, 16 years. But, you know, an awful lot of that will have been me slowing him down. Um, so David's always complained because um, I will not let riders, him included, go up to the next level unless the previous level um, particularly with the cross country, feels really easy. So I always have the rule that and before you go up, you have to come back and feeling bored um, almost at the previous level. Now, that can't happen, obviously, at advanced or even at intermediate, but it has to feel easy because I'm a firm believer that it, the horse's confidence is, is key and you must never, ever rush horses. So it's possible that he could have got to badminton sooner. It's possible that if we'd been in more of a hurry, he would never have got there. Would we have preferred Brad to be younger when he got there? Yes, of course. Did it happen like that? No. Who knows? I don't know. If he'd been yeah. Dickie Waygood's son, I'm sure he'd have been at badminton much more quickly than he has. But, hey, we got there. No, and and I think that's, that's it, though, actually. 16 years, people go, oh, gosh, that's a long time. But I actually think that's... Not that long when you think about a 12-year-old to get around Babington, because at 12 years old, there's an awful lot of things you've got to develop and discover. And actually, you could have given up horses at any point in that time anyway, couldn't you, really? Mm. You know, like a 12-year-old boy could drastically change. Their... Oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He'd oh. been 14. Oh. Because, 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 because. I can't do maths. I'm not good at maths. Um, I, I can do maths, but I'm not good at it. Um, not good because I'm a director in the business. But um, anyway, what was I going to say? He started riding when he was 13, Jenny. So he can't ah. have been at Blenheim when he was four. Gosh, he, only, so, he started at 13? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought he'd been like, you know, riding pony since he was like two no. years old or like before no, no, he was no, 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 no. Wow. I thought he would never ride. So he started riding when he was 13. Um, I think basically to get into pony club to see the girls um he wasn't really interested when he was 13 he moved from one school to another um and uh, i don't know yeah he would admit it now that he got bullied um and he was trying to find something that he could transfer his energies onto which was wonderful horses were around so yeah he started riding properly at the age of 13 he might have sat on a horse or two but yeah at the age of 13 he got going with it and by 14 he was out at pony club at, at Blenheim. so yeah that shortens it doesn't it Awesome. And so what do you think? I mean, I don't want to keep talking too much about David himself because I want to try and get him on as well and to ask him. But as a coach, then what has kept you going through the hard times? What has kept you, you know, driving for something? Because I've um, been talking about a lot about motivation recently and about, you know, towards motivation. And it's not enough to just have a goal. Sometimes you've got to, you've got to have enough of a big goal that it's really going to get you there over the challenges. and things. So as as a coach coaching someone through that journey what have been the things that you have found difficult or challenging 
Well, it's always the love of the horse that keeps you going, though, isn't it? I mean, Brad is incredible. Um, he always wickers at me when I got the yard. He always wickers at David. It's it's the love of the horse that keeps you going. What have been the challenges with it? Pretty much every day. I mean, there's always the money side of it. There's the weather side of it. There's the fact we haven't got an indoor school. There's the fact that we haven't really got a very big team. But we have got some phenomenal people um supporting us so we've been incredibly lucky no we haven't we've worked hard for it um we've been incredibly fortunate to have loads of sponsors come on board to help us um we've got a phenomenal chap called uh philip who who gives us haylage um um red horse supporters so all our horses feet are sorted wow supports david he gets his saddles um it's having the a phenomenal number of sponsors um, and a phenomenal quality and depth of sponsors has helped David enormously and helped Team Britnell to get to badminton as well. Without their help, I don't honestly think that there would have been the money in the kitty to pay the entry fees. So, yeah, the difficulties of it, probably largely money. Yeah, and I, you know, I find this a lot now that it just seems that there is a lot more money required now than there used to be to be able to compete at these these higher levels. And when you yeah. were competing years ago, what what how did you find the difference to now? Um, well, I used to teach same same as David does now. He coaches to give himself enough money to be able to keep the horses and to run them and to go eventing. Um, I used to do the same. Um, but I couldn't do it to the same level as he does. I've always coached to finance the horses, but I'm incredibly lucky as well insofar as my husband lets me spend lots of money on the horses too. Um, so without the Land Rover business supporting us, we wouldn't have managed it either. Um, Dingo Croft is also one of David's supporters um, or sponsors. So, yeah, I it always does come down to money but it also comes down to the time and the passion of it I mean, there's never been one time that i've got up and gone oh what again um i get incredibly excited at the competitions i'm i'm standing going attack when he goes out of the start box and i'll woo woo him home um and the same thing always for roxanne as well um you know both of them have have been They've given me a phenomenal journey um, and it's hopefully going to continue with David, even though he's moving on now to a different place and he's, he's setting up his own yard. Um, it's it's just the most fantastic thing. I've got a, 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 jo a mug that says I may you may think I'm talking, listening to you, but I'm actually thinking about eventing. So I love it. Yeah. And and it's got to be that passion, hasn't it? You've got to have that drive, that determination, that all-consumingness to get yourself or anyone else to the top. That the, yeah. there is no other, there's no other way of doing it because there is no yeah. room for other things. Sometimes, and like you say, you you miss out on holidays or you miss out on you know doing things that other people do or having things. Other excuse me, have. excuse me, excuse me. I don't. Our holidays are when we go eventing. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so we we go to a big a big show i mean badminton oh my god badminton was incredible Do, yeah. you know the the beautiful buildings and stuff and the wonderful people are uh, and the food um and, and and so on so when we we go on holiday we go to the big events we go to barbary um you know burley will will go over that but badminton was just incredible and that was the best holiday i've got fantastic pictures of all of that we our team came together um Moy, Kim, um, Anna, uh, my mum, uh, Tim, everybody was there. Um, and that was the most amazing, amazing holiday. So, yeah, um, we do get holidays. We get eventing holidays. Um, and I think it's, like, it's just like that, isn't it? It's how you frame stuff. It's how you think about things, isn't it? So it's not a, lock or a loss or a lack. It's actually, it's, it's looking at it a different way. You know, yeah. like you've had more amazing things than someone else has had in other ways so yeah yeah, yeah. And, and we went to poe as well i mean his first yeah. star when we went down to poe that was the road trip um you know and you could have thought well this is going to be a road trip from hell i can't remember how many miles it was david how many miles was it? he's not here 500 miles down through the down to the bottom of france or whatever and then back up again oh my god that was exciting um just the sheer management because uh, it was our first trip away and it was to our first five star and it was to our first trip away uh, abroad it was just brilliant we went with nikki uh nikki hill who's just a phenomenal rider hi nikki if you ever watch this um and uh, bing was in one bit and, and brad was in the other bit and we had a party french croissants god i miss french croissants um but yeah poe was amazing yeah. Another holiday. There you go. And your enthusiasm is, is palpable. <laughs> it's quite obvious that you've got to have that though, haven't you? You've got to have that enthusiasm and that drive to to get you through the the bits that are more difficult. You've got to have that because that yeah. gets you through. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um I unless you're enjoying it, why do it? Um I and, and when I don't enjoy it anymore, I won't do it anymore. Because there's no point. But I am. Yeah, clearly. Cool. So we've covered so many different things today. Is there anything that you particularly wanted to cover while we've got a little bit of time left to cover? Um, Is there anything you think, do you know what, I'd really love to just mention that or talk about that or, you know, something that you think is important? Yeah. Can you stay there, though? Because every time you disappear, I feel a bit sad. OK, I will stay smiling at you. <laughs> Yeah, you um, I, I just would like to talk about um, making sure that riders are thinking and feeling for themselves. And my, I consider my job to be um, an awful lot of it, to be giving people a toolbox. OK, yeah, you're staring at me now. Maybe go. Um, <laughs> we had to try it. There you go. No, I know. I can't win and you can't win i'm sorry oh thank you um if if you're coaching and you're standing in the middle of the arena with a rider i strongly think that it's a really good idea to give them their own toolbox you don't want to be riding that horse with them and for them sometimes yes yeah, sure instructing is really important and the the rider needs help at that moment come on you've got to do this you've got to do that you've got to get over this fence whatever but for the rest of the time i think it's really important that you give the riders um their own basic toolbox so this is a weight aid this is this exercise for doing this okay so you've got this problem what exercise do you think you could do okay brilliant go away try that come back da 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 so i think 
developing riders feel and their ability to be resilient and autonomous then makes it so that when you're not there because you can't go in a dressage arena with them um they can then use their own toolbox and work it out for themselves i think sometimes that gets lost in translation and people rely too much on their coaches so uh, um yeah having a rider that can think and feel for themselves and then get their own light bulb moments and ring me up or or whatsapp me or say out something and say hey do you know what i discovered and i'm going yeah that's what we've been working towards but you've done it for yourself and that's just brilliant that for me is really really good coaching and it makes for happy horses as well the other thing i also wanted to say is please 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 don't gadget horses please learn to ride them better for yourself and if horses are showing signs of pain get it investigated because it's one of my big bugbears that people say oh he's always a bit stiff yeah totally agree with you on those two points and actually it's really interesting what you say about giving people their own toolkit to go away with and not just spoon feeding them the whole time that is entirely my ethos when it comes to mindset is um okay. i can help you through things i can help you work it out but actually i want you to go off and think about it and discover it for yourself because i want you to have the toolkit so that if you come across an issue or if you notice there's a pattern forming or if you feel a bit down or something about something you pick yourself up and you carry on yourself you know this is what it's about yeah. it's about coaching you to then go off and do it for yourself and not yeah. need not need me if you want yeah. me to be there there's a different thing if you celebrate success it's like you say that that client that drops you that message that says i've just realized this and you think yes fantastic well done yeah it's not about ego it's no. not about you as a coach it's about them no. improving yeah. it's always about the horse rider partnership i always describe it as a triangle and, and and yeah i'm sort of slightly outside of it but they're they're in the major bubble you know when they go into their arena they've actually just got to go in the two of them i can't come in with them so they've got to have their own toolkit um but yeah the 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 sort of psychology and things that you can get now is is just incredible there was something else i wanted to mention i can't think simplicity yeah keep it simple easy said how do you keep it simple i keep it simple by saying less than i ever used to i know i probably in, in this has come across as being very verbose and chatty but i try really hard not to say too much to people when i'm coaching them and let them think and let them feel and also i've always got my phone in my pocket i take video i show it to them and then they work it out as well i tend to make their brains work a lot harder than their bodies I also really work a lot on free walk um, and making sure that they give their horses plenty of time to rest and relax. Because if you're always on at the horses, they don't really perform. Um, I've also got something called the rule of three. If the first time it doesn't work, you try again. If the second time it doesn't work, you give it one more go. And if the third time it doesn't work, it ain't going to work. Go away and try something else. So keep it simple. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. Yeah, so true. Nothing worse than a coach that literally rides every second of it for, for you and you get this in your ear the whole time. And then when they go away, you can't you can't do it because you're not being given the time to process, to think it through. I always really like it in a lesson when I feel like my brain has sweated. Like, you know, I've really brain had sweating. To, brain sweating. I've oh, really God, had to think brain. about something, you know. <laughs> and rather than just my body doing all that, I'm just like 
oh, what am I doing? What's going on? What, how can I adjust this? But you need time to do that. And I think there are two elements to that. One is that a lot of coaches don't give you time because they feel they're paid by the word or they're paid by the result. And actually they're not. They're paid to help you oh, deliver. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. the other one is, yeah. you know, people that don't actually give themselves enough time in between lessons to go and try and process and try it out to then come back and realise they will have improved. They just kind of think that a lesson, a lesson, a lesson, a lesson is going to do it for them. And then find themselves in an arena on their own thinking, I didn't know how to deal with that. Oh. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. But you you say about people, um, I mean, I, I don't mind being Marmite anymore. Um, can you come back, please? Scary. Um, I don't mind being, thank you. I don't mind being... <laughs> I'm here. You know, you say you. You know, you said paid by the minute, paid by yeah. the word. Yeah. I used to really feel that I had to give people money's worth. Yeah. I had to talk to them. I had to do the hour. I had to do this. I had to do that. Otherwise, I'd lose them. And yeah. I used to panic because I used to lose clients. Yeah. Now, nah. You know, if they don't like me, if they're not if they're not invested in me and I can't invest in them and yeah. it, my system doesn't work for them, hasta la vista, bye, have fun. Because yeah. otherwise it's not going to work anyway and it's almost easier to make the cut then. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't mind being Marmite now. Uh, and very often, I mean, I, I, I'm not proud of the fact that I don't keep all my clients. I'd love to keep all my clients. But if it, if I don't work for them, if they don't get it and, and they don't, this is the other thing. If my people understand that if I invest this much time and this much energy in them, they've got to do it too. And, and I get, I don't get cross and grumpy, but I, they, I make it fairly plain. If they haven't done their homework, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> because what's the point? You know, what's the point in, in me spending the time and then spending the money if they're actually not going to do the work? Um, but they do. And, and we have a fabulous time. And I've got long standing clients and I've got shorter ones. Um, and, and sometimes, do you know what? It's quite fun, actually, if they go i nearly said a rude word then but if they go somewhere else <laughs> if they go somewhere right. else and Maybe then they'll circle time. around and they'll come back again and they'll go do you know what you were right five years ago yes that feels good yeah yeah definitely and they've had to go and get those you say those light bulb moments and then they come back and they go okay i've just had this light bulb that actually this is the way to be doing it now but sometimes they have to go off and try it for themselves and other things and you know, yeah. it, it's really, I think it's difficult for a coach sometimes when your time and your money are linked. And, you know, time for yes. money is a, is a scary and dangerous situation because if you're not using your time, you're not getting any money. And the only way to make more or to have more is to either um, you spend more time doing it or to charge more. And there's, a, you know, there's certain ceilings and things like that, especially in the horse world. So, you know, going full circle back to what you were saying about diversification is, realizing that really what they want is your knowledge that's what they want yeah. from you. they want your knowledge they want you to help them improve and that the, the there isn't just one way of getting your knowledge of you standing and giving them a diatribe of information in the middle of an arena you know there no. are so many ways and this is why horsey courses were set up in lockdown because there's there's great ways of getting guys like yourself to impart knowledge through other means um yeah. you know which is all about online online courses and things like that for for anyone in the horsey world um yeah an on form wonderful tool and you know all these things and amy blount you mentioned you know she's one of my ambassadors she's such a oh, great she? yeah she's one of my ambassadors right. and we work together a lot on right. looking at her packages looking at how she does things for people she's put some courses on horsey courses she's got one on scales of training she's got one on um warm-up 
you know, and those sorts of things. And and she oh, let's look at that because yeah, I do those. Yeah, yeah, she's just brilliant because she's really showing the coaching world how you can do it. And her clients get so much more value, but she doesn't have to drive all around the country doing it. So yeah. or you know, and she hasn't got place where they can come to her but she's not having to spend hours and hours in the middle of an arena in all weathers and her clients again more and longer lasting information so you know this is the way that coaching is going really i feel another conversation with amy coming on i think you need to yeah yeah and uh, and i am writing a book at the moment and i would love for you to be involved in about coaching's not about ego and about what coaching really is about oh, and i would wow. love for your input in that as well Dawn. so oh wow that would be amazing oh congratulations yeah. that's exciting for you it's very yes i've got some great international coaches and all sorts of people involved so it's all very exciting so that's oh. in the background right now brilliant well i well, say well, i'm writing you. it i'm not writing it i've got someone else writing it for me i'm i'm getting the input into it so oh, okay. <laughs> i don't okay. write books so, but yeah. yeah, anyway. I always fancied a book. I always fancied uh, writing a book. Yeah. I like the yeah. idea of the book. I, ju I just don't really like the writing thing. Typical but I can speak thing. it, so I speak it. Well, of course you can. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, fabulous to talk to you. Thank you so much for your thoughts and input and wonderful phrases. Headology is mine now. Um, and, um, and, and bodyology, I think, was the other one. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one, perhaps. Yeah, we won't use that one, maybe. No, OK. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Dawn, for your pleasure. input and your energy and your enthusiasm and your fabulous little nuggets of, of um, information there. And um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how's the best way they can do that? Um, if you just find me on Facebook and give me a ping, that would be amazing. Is it just I've got, Dawn, I've got Dawn three Britain pages off? out there. What are your That'd three pages? Brilliant. Can I quiz you now? Yeah. What are your three uh, um, pages? Um, I've got one for the saddle fitting, um, one for one for my coaching, and then privately. But yeah, if you can find me through Dawn Britnell Coach, uh, Dawn Britnell Senior BHS or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm out there anyway. Lovely. Fab. Perfect. Okay, so thank you so much. And if anyone's got any questions or things, I'm sure they'll be in touch. Thanks, Fantastic. Dawn. Fantastic. Thanks Take care. so much, Jenny. That was fun. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening in to our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? You got this? You know you